If you're ever wondering how a guy like me with an applied degree and a leadership diploma ended up in a senior leadership position at a university, today I'm going to share you some of my best secrets on how to obtain an increase in your role. And I am not talking about stepping on people. I am not talking about ladder climbing. I'm talking about if you're a person seeking out solutions and you want to move up in the organization to solve bigger problems, this one's for you. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. I have been fortunate to end up in leadership positions all over the place. And uh, looking back there, it wasn't because of luck, actually. I think a lot of it, well, I think there's always an element of luck and chance, but uh, there was a few tactics that I definitely started to learn to apply in all of my roles. Uh, this this ended up helping me become a lead hand in oil and gas when I was in my teens, uh, running equipment, picker truck, doing all sorts of stuff that I never expected to do, welding, pipe fitting, all sorts of things that I would have never had the opportunity to do, to uh, being an, one of the youngest excavator operators in the company I was working for in Calgary here. I did the exact same technique, and then at the university, I did it again. Um, so I I think, and then the last role I got, I feel like I legitimately obtained it through past experience and past performance. So that was actually the second time in my career I had a job interview. Um, and I'll talk about that some other time about how to prepare for a job interview for a CEO role, which is something I'd never done before. So... Uh, Here's a few, uh, just a little story about how I got here. So when I started at uh, in oil and gas, I got that job because I saw that my boss or my potential boss was standing there. I've seen him operate heavy equipment and I didn't, he definitely, it wasn't something that he was passionate about. He was clearly passionate about building things, but not running things. And he had a lot of stuff that he needed. So I was sitting there kind of observing what was going on. And uh, really good guy, great boss. He very much taught me kind of the essence of leading lightly, leaned into people really heavily and didn't micromanage anything. So really good person to learn from. A little risky learning from that doing oil and gas, but uh, it was fine. I, I grew up on a farm, so I knew quite a bit about uh, dangers in, in the work sites and stuff like that. So anyways... When I saw him, I was actually running a skid steer, a little bobcat, and I was going over to clean a corral out, and I saw that he was paying attention. So I'd been practicing something for quite some time. Now, here's the background that most people wouldn't know about this, this opportunity. I had been practicing how to open a gate with a skid steer without breaking it and without uh, doing it really quickly and really easily. I'd messed around for at least 10, 20 minutes trying to figure out how to do it really well. You would say that's not the best use of my time, but I can tell you when you can open a gate with a heavy equipment, it kind of shocks people. So I was driving around the corner and I saw that he was loading uh, his truck up. So I gave him a big wave and I scooted on over towards his gate, popped it open, drove through, 
dragged the gate open, drove through it, and then got out of the machine and closed the gate. And he stood there with his jaw dropped. So don't think that little tricks and tips help or aren't aren't really helpful because this one definitely helped. He I had had his attention. So then uh, a, a while later, I let that kind of set. And I bet you he was thinking, wow, you know, that's pretty cool to be able to do something like that. And uh, he might not even remember it now. I don't know. But uh, I did that. A few weeks later, I went and said hi to him and talked about all the stuff we were doing. So I was talking about work, like getting work done and how I enjoy getting work done, which is true. And he said, hey, do you want to work? Do you want to try doing this? And he gave me my first opportunity, gave me a task that was pretty challenging. And I, uh, I ended up working more hours than I probably should have on it, but I did a better job than I had ever done before on anything. I wanted to leave another mark. So that would be a second impact where he was just like, wow, this guy's really good. And I got it done. Then he offered me another thing and eventually offered me a full-time job in the summers, which helped me pay for my school. I could pay for my whole year of school and not have to work during school in three months in the summer with this job. And I worked a ton of hours. Uh, My friend said, uh, one of my friends, he said, I was, I'm the energizer bunny. I could just go all day and all night and just keep working. It was pretty fun. But uh, I knew that if I worked hard for three months, I wouldn't have to work hard for the rest of the year. I could just do my school. So if you think about that, I did a couple things there. Number one is I set myself up for an opportunity to display a skill that I thought that my boss, my potential boss would need. Then the second one was I, uh, I gave him some time to soak on it. And then I, I overachieved on my first job for him. This is something that I've done in every role I've ever had. Now, fast forward a few years, I became, uh, I was a skid steer operator for a company they were struggling to get a excavator operator. I knew there was going to be a gap of time. It's really hard to get in an excavator and learn how to dig basements. And I knew there was going to be a gap of time where my boss would be gone. And I could safely, because I was a pretty good skid steer operator, give myself a big gap in time to learn how to run this excavator. So I jumped in the machine, started running it, came back and finished a task that he never thought uh, there was any way I could do. And I had had it done got his attention again. I safely did it, but I did take a risk. I did take a risk. He, he had given me permission, but I don't think he expected me to actually finish the job. Now, again, I did the same thing, took a risk, displayed the skills and worked harder than I probably should have on that first job. Very consistent. Now, fast forward to the University of Calgary. I go there Start on the very front desk after being an excavator operator. It's the biggest pay cut, second biggest pay cut of my life. The biggest was actually doing a startup where you go negative, but uh, I went to minimum wage on the front desk of the outdoor center. I started working there, and to be honest, I was not good at running or working on the front desk. People would do work orders way faster than me. Everything would be faster, and I knew that I needed an opportunity to grow. So again, I saw an opportunity. I saw a need in the organization. And then I took a risky step to solve a key problem to get noticed. Did that, got a promotion, became a coordinator. Then turned around that organization or that area. It was a few hundred thousand dollar operation. Turned that around in two years. 
and I saw that the whole outdoor center needed to be in, it needed some changes. It had just gone through a lot of growing pains. It needed some changes. And I figured that it was actually going to lose money. So I, I pulled out a napkin, did a ton of work, tried to talk to people and figure it out. And then I ended up talking to a senior leader and telling them exactly how much I thought it was going to lose. So here's this 24-year-old kid, 25, with a pretty successful little program saying exactly what's going to happen six months before it happens. So I can tell you there's a bold step right there. That was a risky step. Again, then it happened. I was within $10,000 of what I predicted. I think I said uh, 300 and it was 290 or somewhere around there. Anyways, I was within 10 grand. If you can't say that that would make a prediction, uh, that prediction would get people's attention. I, like, I don't know what could. And here's a, a little side note here is there's a lot of people that make bold predictions out there. Very few are right. So when you track people, when they say something's going to happen, write it down and see if it actually happens. Because predictions are everywhere. But most are actually quite cheap. They weren't thought out. There wasn't a lot of work done on it. And if you track down the details, they may have not happened the way they said it was. Especially during this pandemic, I've seen I've seen people make predictions that have been that have just been wrong. They've just been wrong consistently, and people still ask them for their opinion. I believe that uh, if your predictions are consistently wrong, you shouldn't be able you shouldn't be asked for your opinion too much. You shouldn't ask people like that. So um, usually, it's just because they haven't done the work to come up with the right details to make a more accurate prediction. Anyways, I would say this was a bit of luck and uh, uh, a bit of work. Uh, definitely a lot of work, actually. And I predicted it correct again. That bold step made me very noticed. So when the outdoor center was at risk of being shut down, I said, I think it can be turned around. And they remembered that another bold step, they remembered that I had already said uh, that it was going to lose 300 and it lost somewhere right around there. So very much in front and center. It's kind of like popping the gate open, kind of like fixing the, using the excavator to fix a, a problem. All of these things were the exact same behavior. Then uh, I was given the opportunity, and I can tell you I worked harder than anybody I've ever met in their first year of a job. I basically, I even slept, uh, there was a rental sh section where there's sleeping bags. I slept in the sleeping bag several nights just to learn what I needed to know. Cause I was only 25 doing a job where I was walking into boardrooms where people were twice my age or more and with way more experience. And I somehow had to compete with them or at least stay in uh, line with them as this young kid. All I needed to do was make one tiny mistake and I knew I was out. So I worked my butt off for that first year. So instead of a job in, in this leadership role, I had to do it again. And it was a much higher level uh, amount of effort. It wasn't like an hour job. It was, I'm talking a year to get this thing turned around. I was given three years to balance the budget um, from $300,000 loss to zero. And I did it. And I stood my ground on a whole bunch of stuff during that time. But I got more and more bold, realizing that if I can, if I can make accurate suggestions and be accurate in my conversations with people and then deliver on what I say I can deliver, make sure my deliverables are, are achievable, then I could actually get these roles. This has been consistent throughout 
most of my life until this CEO position uh, I was approached for by a headhunter. This was a very different role because all of the other ones I had obtained through this technique. So, um, so here's kind of the loop back and that, that ended up leading me to creating a whole bunch of new organizations and doing a bunch of cool things, but every single one was the same step. Do the homework, make a prediction, do something that, that, uh, gets people's attention and then deliver the delivers the hard thing. And that's what this podcast is all about. That's actually what leading lightly is all about is delivering in a way that doesn't cost you everything. Cause I've had jobs that cost me everything. And I don't think it's fair for us to do that. And a lot of people don't take these jobs because they think it'll cost everything. So that's what uh, this is all about. So next time you think you have an opportunity, think about those steps. See if you can apply them. Make sure you get attention. Make sure you make an accurate prediction based on hard work. Don't just throw things out there because people will ask you why. And if you don't know why you didn't come up with, you didn't do the work. So you need to know exactly why you're thinking what it is. And there, and then there is always an element of luck. There's always an element of chance. Um, and, uh, but yeah, once you have opportunities, step up, make bold predictions, impress people, and then you'll have opportunities that get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can make a bigger difference in the, you know, the world around you, which is what life is all about. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from Leading Lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com.